Chapter fifty seven of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman, a strange tale of Texas by Maine Reed. Chapter fifty seven. Sounding the signal. Phylum's vigil was of short duration. Scarce ten minutes had he been keeping it when he became warned by the sound of a horse's hoof that someone was coming up the creek in the direction of the hut his heart commenced hammering against his ribs the trees standing thickly hindered him from having a view of the approaching horseman and he could not tell what sort of guest was about to present himself at the jacale but the hoof-stroke told him there was only one and this it was that excited his apprehension he would have been less alarmed to hear the trampling of a troop, though well assured it, it could no longer be his master. He had no stomach for a second interview with a cavalier who so closely resembled him in everything except the head. His first impulse was to rush across the lawn and carry out the scheme entrusted to him by Zeb, but the indecision springing from his fears kept him to his place long enough to show him that they were groundless. The strange horseman had a head. Sure, in that same he has, said Phelim, as the latter rode out from among the trees, and halted on the edge of the opening. A rail hid, and a purty face in front of it, and it don't show so plays neither. He looks as if he'd just buried his grandmother. Sowl, what a queer young chap he is with them toiny mouse-stacks loik the down upon a two days goslin oh lard look at his little foot be jesus he's a woman while the irishman was making these observations partly in thought partly in muttered speech the equestrian advanced a pace or two and again paused on a nearer view of his visitor phelim saw that he had correctly guessed the sex though the moustache the manner of the mount the hat and serape might for the moment have misled a keener intellect than his of connemara it was a woman it was isidora it was the first time that phelim had set eyes on the mexican maiden the first that hers had ever rested upon him they were equally unknown to one another he had spoken the truth when he said that her countenance did not display pleasure on the contrary the expression upon it was sad almost disconsolate it had shown distrust as she was riding under the shadow of the trees instead of brightening as she came out into the open ground the look only changed to one of mingled surprise and disappointment neither could have been caused by her coming within sight of the jacale she knew of its existence it was the goal of her journey it must have been the singular personage standing in the doorway. He was not the man she expected to see there. In doubt, she advanced to address him. I may have made a mistake, said she, speaking in the best Americana she could command. Pardon me, but I i thought that Don Mauricio lived here. Dan Mary show? Yes, she? Trath, no. There's nobody of that name lives here dan mary show there was a man they called marish had a dwellin not far out of balabalay i remember the chap will because he cheated me 
wanst in a horse thrade, but his name wasn't Dan. No, it was Pat. Pat Marish was the name. Divil burn him for a desaver. Don Mauricio. Maurice? Maurice? Oh, Maurice, maybe you'd be after spankin' of the master, Mr. Gerald. See, si, see, si, Signor Cyril. Sure, then. And if that's what you're after, Mr. Gerald does dwell in this very cabin, that is, when he comes to devart himself. By chasing the wild horses, he only capes it for a hunting box, you know. Arrah, now, if yez could only see the great castle he lives in when he's at home, in ould Ireland, and they beautiful crather that's now crying her sweet blue eyes out, because he won't go back there. Sowl, if yez saw her. Despite its patois, Phelim's talk was too well understood by her to whom it was addressed. Jealousy is an apt translator. Something like a sigh escaped from Isidora as he pronounced that little word, her. I don't wish to see her, was the quick rejoinder. But him you mention, is he at home? Is he inside? Is he at home? There now, that's coming to the point. Straight as a poik staff. And supposing I was to say yez fwa ud yez be after wantin' with him? I wish to see him. Div yez? Maybe now you'll wait till yez be asked. You're a purty crather, notwithstanding that black strick upon your lip. But the master is in a condition just at this time to see any one, unless it was the priest or a doctor. Yez can't see him. But I wish very much to see him, senor. Trath div yez. You've said that already, but yez can't, I tell ye. It isn't Phelim O'Nal who'd deny one of the fair six, especially a purity black-eyed colleen like yourself. But for all that yez can't see the master now. Why can I not? Why can't yez not? Well, there's more than one razon why yez can't. In the first place, as I told you, he not in a condition to reserve company, the list so as it's been a lady. But why, senor, why? Because he's not dancily dressed. He's got nothing on him but his shirt, except in the rags that Mr. Stumps just tried all around him. Be japers, there's enough have been to make him a whole shoot coat, waistcoat, and throsers. Trath is there. Senor, I don't understand you. Yes, don't? Sure, and I have spoke plain enough. Don't I tell you that the master's in bed? In bed? At this hour? I hope there's nothing. The matter with him, yes, you were going to say? Alanna, that same is there. A powerful dale the matter with him, enough to keep him between the blankets for weeks to come. Oh, senor, do not tell me that he is ill. Don't I tell you? Arrah, now, me honey, what it'd be the use of counselling it? It'd do it no good, neither can it do him any harm to speak about it. Yez might say it afore his face, and he won't contradict ye. He is ill, then. Oh, sir, tell me, what is the nature of his illness? What has caused it? Sure, and I can't answer only one of him interrogatories. The first yez his foot. His disease persuades from some ugly treatment he's been resaving. The Lord only knows what or who administered it. He's got a bad leg, and his skin looks as if he'd been 
tied up in a sack along with a score of angry cats sowl there's not the breath of your purty little hand without a scratch upon it worse than all he's beside himself beside himself yes that same he's raven loike wan that had a drap too much overnight and thinks there's a man with the poker after him be me trath i belave the very best thing for him now ud be a trifle of potheem if wan could only lay hands upon that same but there's not the smell of it in the cabin both the dimmyjan and flask arrah now you wouldn't be after having a little flask upon your sweet sylph some of that aguardenty as your people call it trath i've tasted worse stuff than it i'm sure a drink of it do the master good spake the truth mistress hiv yez any without ye no senor i have nothing of the kind i am sorry i have not fa the moors the pity for poor master maurice it ought to done him a dale av good well he must put up without it but senor surely i can see him divil a bit besides what ud be the use he wouldn't know ye from his great-grandmother i tell yez again he's been badly threatened and now beside himself all the more's reason why i should see him i may be of service i owe him a debt of of oh yez be owing him something yez want to pay it faith that makes it entirely different but yez needed to see him for that i'm his head man and thransacked all that sort of business for him i can't write myself but i'll give him ye a recet on the crass wid me mark which is just as good among the lawyers yez mistress yez may pay the money over to me and i promise ye the master'll never ax ye for it again trath it come handy just now as we're upon the av av a fittin and may want it so if yez have the pewter along with ye there's pins ink and paper inside the cabin say the word and i'll give you the restate no 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 i did not mean money a debt of of gratitude fa only that sowl it's easy paid and don't want a resate but yez need a return at sort of money now for the master wouldn't be sensible of what you were saying when he comes to his senses i'll tell him yez been here and wiped out the score surely i can see him surely now yez can't but i must senor divil a must about it i've been lift on guard with strict orders to let no one go inside they couldn't have been met for me i am his friend the friend of don mauricio how is philomonal to know that for all your purty face yez might be his diddliest enemy be japers it's like enough now that i take a second look at ye i must see him i must i will i shall as Isidora pronounced these words, she flung herself out of the saddle, and advanced in the direction of the door, her air of earnest determination combined with the fierce, scarce feminine expression upon her countenance, convinced the Galwegian that the contingency has arrived for carrying out the instructions left by Zeb Stump, and that he had been too long neglecting his cue. Turning hurriedly into the hut, he came out again, armed with a tomahawk, and was about to rush past when he was brought to a sudden stand by seeing a pistol in his hands of his lady visitor pointed straight at his head abajo la hacha down with the hatchet cried she lepero 
Lift your arm to strike me, and it will be for the last time. Stroke ye, mistress, stroke you, blubbered the sea devant stable boy, as soon as his terror permitted him to speak. Mother of the Lord, I didn't mean the weapon for you at all, at all. I swear it on the cross, or a whole stack of Bibles, if you say so. In trath, mistress, I didn't mean the tammy hawk for you. Why have you brought it forth? inquired the lady, half suspecting that she had made a mistake, and lowering her pistol as she became convinced of it. Why have you thus armed yourself? As I live, only to execute the orders, I've resaved only to cut a branch of the cactus ye see over yonder, and put it under the tail of the old mare. Sure yez won't object to my doing that. In her turn the lady became silent, surprised at the singular proposition. The odd individual she saw before her could not mean mischief. His looks, attitude, and gestures were grotesque, rather than threatening, provocative of mirth, not fear or indignation. Silence gives consent, thank ye, said Phelim, as no longer in fear of being shot down in his tracks. He ran straight across the lawn, and carried out to the letter the parting injunctions of Zeb Stump. The Mexican maiden, hitherto held silent by surprise, remained so on perceiving the absolute idleness of speech. Further conversation was out of the question. What with the screaming of the mare, continuous from the moment the spinous cropper was inserted under her tail, the loud trampling of her hoofs as she cavorted over the turf, the dismal howling of the hound, and the responsive cries of the wild forest, denizens, birds, beasts, insects, and reptiles, only the voice of a stentor could have been heard. What could be the purpose of the strange proceeding? How was it to terminate? Isidora looked on in silent astonishment. She could do nothing else, so long as the infernal fracas continued. There was no chance to elicit an explanation from the queer creature who had caused it. He had returned to the door of the jackalay, and once more taken a stand upon the threshold, where he stood with the tranquil, satisfied air of an actor who has completed the performance of his part in the play, and feels free to range himself among the spectator. End of chapter 57